1: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Howdy. And running the boards is Joey D. What's going on? On today's show, we will talk Vagrant Queen. We'll talk about the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for its final season... We'll get some video game news from Gareth von Kallenbach and, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us?
2: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Podcast. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More? more. Or just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com app, and iTunes. Okay. All right. I'll do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Do it. Do it right now. Wait, no, no, you don't do it. You stick here because we need you. No, stop searching for stuff. I need you to talk about stuff. Okay. Uh, How's Vagrant Queen going, sir? Vagrant Queen. Vagrant Queen. No, that's it. Does whatever
3: a Vagrant (laughs) Queen does. Really. Uh, Well, I will tell you that it's been a really fun, enjoyable. Uh, they're trying to make this show look like a comic book in its own way, I, and I forgot to mention what Vagrant Queen does, which is really interesting. It's almost like a reverse Matrix. Huh? Um yes, it's. I've never seen it before, so I got to give them some love. Uh, they do this cool thing where they'll have actions. And it's a sci-fi show, by the way, uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> and uh, what happens is it's an action show. It's about a girl that doesn't want to be queen. And her monarchy was overthrown. And she had to flee to save her life. But now people are tr- basically either A, trying to kill her, or B, trying to get her to come back and take over, and you know because they don't like the, the regular rulers that are there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then basically what happens is, is one of the guys hunting her for the new rulers... Ends up just going bat-ass crazy, getting a powerful device that will allow him to be omnipotent, which is only supposed to be accessed by by basically royalty. And somehow he got it, which uh, now he's just running rampant. And he's just, he's out of his mind.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, usually that's how that works, right?
3: But there's a lot of fun, (laughs) uh, very bright colors. The aliens are just so bizarre looking, but then talk and act like regular people have regular jobs. It's it's just like they're totally human. These aliens, even Ten, though in
1: accounting, just has tentacles for, on his face. Yeah, and
3: they make the aliens just look as crazy. They're all humanoid, but they make them look as crazy mm-hmm. as they possibly can. To the point where you don't know who is from what species. It's like it's like there's like forty different species in every episode. It's almost like you don't see the same species twice. Wow. Um, good sets, good direct. I mean, it really. All in all, it's a fun show. I really love the three main characters that play. Uh, in this show and I'm, I, I should give them some love actually because I think they do a great job and that would be uh, Adrian Ray who plays Alita that's the that's the uh, Princess Queen Tim Razon or Rozon who plays Isaac he's uh, his story's awesome he's an Earth dude that gets blasted to this other galaxy accidentally right before his baby's about to be born and all he's trying to do is get back to Earth but it is so far away like he's in oh, another galaxy damn. And, and, the, and even though the people in this galaxy have better technology they're like we still don't know how to get you to the Milky Way, buddy. Um, (laughs) And so that's his dream is to get back home. And then Alex McGregor plays basically the engineer and uh, she plays Ame. And there's a great love story between Alita and Ame, And they just had their first kiss. You know, so that we've been waiting for that. And um, But what they do in the action scenes, and there's a lot of action, is they will stop it as if you're looking at a page on a comic book, like a big splash page. It's pretty amazing. Imagine if you've ever used comiXology, where you get to blow up and move around on that action. Yeah, the the guided view, yeah. Everybody freezes. You see them in mid-swing, blood maybe here, stuff happening over there, a phaser blast in midair, and they go around. So they give you a tour of the whole area while they're all frozen. Oh, wow, yeah. And they do that at least once per episode in the middle of the, of a big action scene and i and i'm like i was kicking myself like i have talked about this show so many times and yeah. this is the unique thing that they do that i never bring oh, up
1: that's really cool
3: yeah so it is on sci-fi i think the uh, uh, as the airing of this episode i do believe we're done i think they finally finished up their two-parter ah. and their season finale i'll talk more about the season finale after you know maybe next week but it's a fun show. It really, really is a fun show. And um, if you are missing Killjoys, I, I think this is a nice little replacement since uh, we've had five years of that and now it's gone. And here's another show. And it's I I really grew to I'm growing to love these characters. It's really way over the top. It's super comic booky. I imagine it's based on that the, the graphic novel it's based on probably did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if it's true to what the graphic novel is, but if it is, then you're going to love it. And if you can smile and just laugh at how over-the-top this is, and yet they still— create some good moments that you know that you go oh you know what that was a really cool moment uh and i i've said it before but alex mcgregor to me is the star of the show i love her character so much but uh, tim Rozon's isaac is i mean as the earth dude just being a dumb (laughs) idiot uh who he's really good and i mean i i really uh you know commander lazaro was a paul de uh i got to give him credit because he plays this great old school over the top bad guy you know what i mean just this delusions of grandeur twirling those yeah. uh,
1: mustaches he, he and- really
3: yeah he really does and they even give him an interesting backstory that we just found out in the last episode it's a fun show it's it's again it's called vagrant queen on sci-fi
1: uh, into a show that is uh, now getting into its final season we mentioned it that it was coming back last week but you've been able to see the first episode of the return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
3: yes and and we were wondering as even Joey Dees was like he he, I think it was Joey Dees said he turned it on he's like what are they doing in 1931 yeah I was very confused <laughs> And it's a plot. There's a reason why. It's the old school. The enemy wants to travel back in time. And oh, yeah. And if they can stop one thing from happening, then they'll stop all of their problems from S.H.I.E.L.D. So basically, they want to stop S.H.I.E.L.D. from happening. Mm-hmm. That's why the enemy's going back and doing it. Uh, and people have said, even before this episode happened, that this looks like it's going to be one of the best seasons ever. What a great way for them to go out. Phil Coulson is in Life Model Decoy. Uh, it's kind of cool because he now knows he is, and he's kind of pissed oh, that they brought him back. Weird. Uh, he's like, Why didn't you let me die? May, on the other hand, we don't know what's going on with her, but she was on the. Uh, she, we ended this episode with her stuck on the ceiling like Spider Man, looking like she wanted to kill everybody. So I'm not sure what's going on with May. She had some issues, and. I don't know if she's an LMD or if they just had
1: to repair say, her. She's a
3: scroll. I but forget what happened to May last Skrulls season. Scrolls are like good
1: guys now, so yeah.
3: I know that's a funny thing. <laughs> I know I, it was like I was I like I'm, I'm trying
1: gonna, to go back to comic books. Wait, that doesn't work anymore. I don't know if I can wrap
3: my head around the scrolls being the good guys, actually. But <laughs> uh, but I like the first episode a lot, and I will tell you, it's a funny thing. But Mac, who had to become the director when Phil was out of action or dead, really, mm-hmm. um, Phil's back, and Phil is just like, "You're the boss." I'm not me. I'm you know he's kind of like. Look, Mac, you've been running this place, and I'm a life model decoy boy, so what do you want me to do? Yeah, right? I think it's really cool to see Mac still be in charge when really the guy he learned everything from is right there, and I think it's cool that Phil's just like, "Hey, man, I don't even know if I want to be here, but I'll help you out. What do you need?" You know. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a cool story arc for Mac. Don't know what's happened to Fitz. We haven't seen him. I forget. what you know? I, I there's so many shows. I'm sure that I know what happened to him, but I forget. Um, and uh, you know, it's 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 it, it, the first episode was good. They're back in time, and they've got to fight these shape shifting robot creatures who can look like anybody. Uh, and the way they go about looking like anybody is they steal your face. So that's kind of ah. creepy to see like the people's faces who are dead, who they're, they're dead with no face.
1: So,
4: wow. yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. So it's pretty good.
3: And I'm yeah, <laughs> so, and there's a character named Enoch who actually is basically a good guy, though he's part of the bad guy people, like he's the same species or he's a robot, basically. and oh, okay. Uh, the bad robots. As it were. Hey, sorry, JJ. Uh, <laughs> but he's a good robot, with you know, who's part. It was basically part of it. He's like the Odo. Uh, you know what I mean? This is what he is. Oh, know. okay. Uh, and he's a really good character. We've we've met him at least last season, if not maybe even the season before. And he's in it. And I love I love Enoch. So Joel Stouffer does a good, he does a great job with that.
1: It's funny because you're bringing up all these different characters, and I found a list on Comic Book Resources of the best guest characters from Marvel Agents of Shield. What we got? Uh, well, the first one that came up was one of the ones that I remember when I was still watching it was John Garrett played by Bill Paxton. Oh, yes. And that was the, the reveal of the whole Hail Hydra everything. The yeah. Hydra had infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. So that one was a pretty awesome one. He was good. Uh, in the first season, Sam Jackson uh, uh, played Nick Fury. Actually, they showed him Mick up in Fury. I'm not sure who's that yeah, guy.
3: He's I mean, like you know some guy in Shield that uh, might have some, some uh, upper-level management
1: Marvel. material. Uh, I hate you know, when they
3: bring these like lesser-known Marvel characters to our shows.
1: But it was one of those fun things too that it also brought in uh, together and it like brought the the TV and the cinematic universe together. And that uh, it, it sp- spoke a lot for what they're trying to do. And it seems to have gotten a little more convoluted as they were going along. Well, They realized they can't really do that that well.
3: Yeah, the show suffered because they tried to stay in sync. And people said the show started getting better when they got to be on their own and not have to worry about being in sync with the Marvel Universe anymore, like the movies coming out. And I agree. I, the, the, the show has gotten better and better and better. And so far,
1: I'm excited where this season's going. Uh, another one on this would be Patton Oswald as the Koenig family.
3: He may have shown up. In 1930s, which, hey, think about this for a second. What? They all look the same, as you remember.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
3: he was one of the first guys we saw as they had to bust into a speakeasy to get oh, some geez. stuff done. <laughs> and this Koenig is quite a douche. He is really a douche. Really? <laughs> and they even make a comment, God, I like our Koenig a lot better than this idiot. Uh, so I still don't know what the story is with the Koenig family. I don't understand because they all look the same. You know, with maybe a mustache or whatever. Uh, And
1: Even the article is like, are they twins? Are they life model decoys? But there's one back in the 1930s that looks just like him. So what the hell's going on? And of course,
3: Patton Oswalt is perfect. Oh, Uh, yeah. I I, I love anything Patton does. So I was so happy to see him in episode one.
1: Uh, Next one on this is Kyle McLaughlin as Cal Johnson. Who oh, was Sky yes. slash Daisy's strange father? Dr. Mr. No, Hyde.
3: He? What was his name? Um, uh, he, was, he, was,
1: he was Hyde or
3: something like that. They're I'm just calling the him Cal Johnson. Right, but he did have another name in the Marvel Universe. I think Mr. Hyde. Oh, uh, really? I believe so, if I'm not mistaken, there was a Mr. Hyde that he was supposed to be where he 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 went crazy when he got strength or something like that. His his weird mutinish ability. Wow. But anyway, I do remember Kyle McLaughlin and uh, he loves a good cup of Joe as well as Sky.
2: Like <laughs> yep. Daisy. Yeah, Calvin Zabo is best known as a supervillain, Mr. Hyde.
3: Mr. Hyde. And that's an old-school Marvel Yeah, that is an
1: old-school one, too. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, rounding out this list is Gabriel Luna as Robbie Reyes slash Ghost Rider.
3: The best Ghost Rider there ever was. Really? I love him. I loved his Ghost Rider. I loved his car. I so much want more of that. Uh, because I, I do remember watching a couple episodes he was with him so in it. He was so good as Ghost Rider. Like, he really, I don't know, you know, I mean, he just, I don't know, man. It was like it was a role he was born for. He got it. Man, did he get it. And he had a great backstory with his family and his brother. And you really felt sorry for him. He, he was a guy who you believed was really tortured that he had this thing in him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this thing would really be helpful.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. In,
3: in its own weird way. Uh, like he's a superhero but basically has to have this horrific demonic thing go on the that spirit is not of vengeance and it's not a nice thing no it's and, not
2: did uh, it uh, cuz i never watched the episodes af- like during that time with him in it uh, because I know he's of Mexican descent, did that come a, kind of play into the whole thing? Like, hey, I, I'm Catholic or anything like that.
3: I can't remember if that is, but the familial background, like his yeah. backstory with his family and all that, that came into uh, mm-hmm. account. I remember his brother, uh, yeah. But I can't remember if there was any religious yeah. uh, overtones mm-hmm. with the Vicky, to be honest with you. Which okay. would make sense with Ghost Rider and like, the spirit of vengeance doing so the penance stare that, and all this stuff. would that so suck? Blood.
2: You're like, I'm super religious and I'm trying to be a good guy and this is what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, that would be oh, so yeah. I you, you have to know on some level that had to be some conflict right. because you're right within within his culture it is really the devil
1: and you mm-hmm. know in catholicism you're Absolutely. right which
3: i makes it even sweeter if in fact it's just not even
1: said but you just know
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah right
1: well, uh, some awesome guest stars on that. We'll have to see how Agents so of S.H.I.E.L.D. Good. goes for the rest of the final season. Love that Ghost Rider, man. Now it's time to move on to talk with Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is sknr.net. We've got some video game news. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review, That is sknr.net. And Gareth, we need some more video game news because we actually were supposed to get some news. But now that's been pushed back.
4: Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it's was. it been a week to uh, not make uh, light of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the world of gaming, what is happening is that next week was supposed to be E3. In fact, um, Monday, we're supposed to be heading over, and you know, Tuesday was the press day, Wednesday and Thursday, press and the general public, and we were expecting all sorts of announcements. Plus, as you know, there's always the pre-show uh, oh, yeah. showcases that the companies do and things like that. Now, um This year, we knew ahead of time before the cancellations that Sony was not going to be doing one uh, at E3. They were kind of uh, going to be doing their own thing, and that's kind of where we are right now is that they had an event scheduled for uh, yesterday, which was supposed to be the big PS5 reveal, and of course, also, uh, we heard numbers anywhere from 28 to 35 titles some people say that's low some say it's high but let's just say there were supposed to be a lot of reveals as to what was coming for the ps5 a lot of people expected uh this would be the time we would see all sorts of rumors come to fruition you know like we talked in the past i think this might be where we see the new call of duty game formally mm-hmm. uh, announced that sort of thing And what happened was Sony had decided that in light of what's going on, this was not the time to be putting the focus on new games and that sort of thing. Now, as of now, when we're, um, you know, looking ahead as to what's going to happen, the other day, someone at Sony had told me they still have not set a new date for it. And I think what they're doing is they're basically being smart and saying, okay, let's see where we are. Let's make sure it's an appropriate time to do that. However, there are some other factors <laughs> to look at. <laughs> of all <course>. of this. <laughs> and that is the fact that other companies have already booked dates, uh, especially next week as to their virtual events. And so now you're getting to play that little chess game that at E3, it's not an issue. You know that everybody's making their announcements. However, in a situation like this where you're, you know, trying to take the most um, attention you can at a time when maybe it's harder, it's a little... Mm -hmm different when people are saying this is e3 week i'm if i can't be at the show i'm going to be in front of my computer to see all the showcases and so what is happening is that you have two other events going on and everybody's kind of playing that little game of okay a who else is going to announce and come in at the last minute Mm -hmm. is sony going to want to be a part of this in terms of go up against it or are they just going to wait another week and uh go from there there are some Some people, like you said, not associated with Sony, but some speculate that they may not do it next week. It may be the week after, but who knows? And that's one
1: of the weirdest things about, I mean, well, 2020 in general, is that just everything right now from just the, the smallest thing to the biggest, and I mean, in all things considered, video games aren't really the biggest things, but everything is in flux. And so uh, I just, I'm trying to tell people that it's like, you just take it with a grain of salt, be patient, we're still going to get information as it comes out, don't worry about all of that, and just, just, just exercise A little bit of patience.
4: Oh, exactly. And, you know, it's tough because of this time of year, you know, I'm wrapping up from the big show in Phoenix, and then we're getting ready for E3, and then the San Diego Comic-Con stuff starts coming in, and we're already getting some companies that have merchandise booths coming in and saying, hey, uh, this is what we were going to be selling on the floor at the show, and uh, now we're selling online now. But the good thing about gamers is, there are two other really big events coming up next week, and I think this will be a really good thing. And um, hopefully, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, this is something that people will look forward to. Like, for example, uh, June 6th through 8th, there is something called the Gorilla Collective, and this is a large assortment of um, I don't want to call them indies because that's not really accurate, but because there are some larger companies in there. But let's just say it's a large assortment of game companies um that are getting together and they're gonna be doing their showcases. Now what we're gonna see, how it's gonna be done, we know it's online, that much we can tell you. <laughs> what we're gonna what we're gonna see, we have no idea. The the belief is that it will be a lot of um, presentations uh, similar to what you might see at E3, where for us in the press, it's not uncommon for us to be sent trailers and images and stuff like that, either the day of during E3 or just before E3. And sometimes we get stuff saying, hey, we're going to make this announcement at E3, but you can't post it mm-hmm. until the doors open at E3. Or they'll say, like, you know, Day one of E three, ten o'clock when the doors open, and then you can make it go online. But until then, but we're just giving it to you so you have time to, you know, code it all up before you travel Prepare and head everything. out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely,
4: exactly. So you know, there are things like, for example, I can tell you one rumor. Um, we believe Square Enix is going to be involved with it. Mm. I think it's very likely you might see the Avengers game, uh, which we played at PAX. That is getting closer and closer to. Coming to fruition, I think it definitely might be time for uh, some new content in that regard. And so things like that. Now, the one that I think everybody is most interested in outside of the Sony thing, because we think the Sony thing is going to be a mix of third-party titles as well as their own exclusives, is Electronic Arts.
1: What have they got going on with this? Like, what is the plan?
4: Well, that is where it's interesting because a little bit of history on that, as you know, a few years back e a kind of pulled off the floor at e three and started uh-huh. doing their own thing called e a play. It originally started roughly at the same time, which for us worked out well because I remember the first year they used to open the door to the press at noon the first day, and this thing got rolling I want to say it was about eight or nine in the morning, so we you know we drove over really early to the convention oh, nice. center park. Yeah walked over and I, I you know I still remember we went in and it was Battlefield one, it was Titanfall two. Uh you know, they gave us swag, they gave us a box lunch. They had um you know, they had the sports games. We went over to the uh convention center, sat in the press room for about an hour, made sure everything was charged up. E three opened the doors, here you go. Damn, it perfect. Perfectly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now they've kind of started rolling it to a few days before uh E three. So this is what we know. They were supposed to do a Madden. Uh, presentation earlier this week, and that got pulled back because of the the civil unrest and things that are going on. So I don't think it takes too much to speculate that you will see Madden at this showcase. Yeah. Probably going to see the new FIFA games. This is where it starts to get really interesting. The two big rumors I keep hearing is A, a new battlefield game. And then the wild speculation is a game that is kind of referred to in the industry as Star Wars Maverick. Uh-huh. And, yeah, now this one has got us all going, huh? because there were some saying, oh, you're going to see this at the PS5 reveal, and I thought, no, I think EA would save it for their own reveal. Yeah, right? You may remember they were working on a Star Wars game uh, with Visceral that was um, done by the lady who was the producer on the Uncharted series. And that kind of fell apart. And, you know, the speculation was EA did not have interest in a solo play game. They wanted the online with the monetization and everything like that. Well, of course, Jedi Fallen Order comes out and kind of comes through that. (laughs) Right. Now, at the time, we were told that EA was pulling back a bit. And they were working on and, you know, pick your phrasing accordingly. But essentially, it was a smaller scale game. But then we heard, well, it's still a big scale game, but maybe it's not as highly budgeted as some of the others. And other people have said, you know, there are all these things. Essentially, they're saying it's a new Star Wars game, but maybe it's not the full triple A, every bells and whistle, blow the doors off that um, you know, you might normally expect. And mm-hmm. then others say, well, maybe it's a, um, a shorter game that is at a more uh, value priced." you know, like a $39 game versus 59 We don't know, but the speculation is that we're going to find out what a new Star Wars game is going to look like. <laughs> and of course, it's no secret. We've heard that Jedi Fallen Order 2 is in the works. I think it may yeah. be too early to uh, show us anything, but perhaps we might get a title or something. And then beyond that, you know, who knows? You look at EA and go, well, um, one rumor we've heard is Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 are going to get remastered. Oh, wow. We know Command & Conquer has got a remastered uh, set coming out uh, Boy, in a week or two, if I remember correctly. So that's, you know, that's there. Uh, you know, is it time for another Plants vs. Zombie? <laughs> is it time for another Need for Speed? Or uh, oh, will there be some yeah. brand new franchises rolled out? Who knows? And, and then, of course... The, oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, at this point, do we know for sure when Last of Us
4: 2 is coming out? Uh, July. They, uh, from what okay, i understand, okay. I, I got to be clear. I can't confirm this 100%. Mm-hmm, I have heard mm-hmm. through the grapevine that certain publications have already been sent their review codes or whatever to start their reviews uh, for their launch day. Now, that's not very many because, you know, this group that I know they're still whining about, nobody's got their codes, no one's heard back, but they have at least confirmed that they know of some people who've got okay, them. So, okay. it, yeah, that's where you are with that thing. The other thing about EA is, is very interesting because with the console reveals, Xbox has got more stuff coming. We know we've talked about the Sony thing you run into that really fun little dance of, okay, um, when you announce games that are not going to be coming out till Christmas or later, naturally the speculation is going to be, well, they're going to have to be running on the new systems too. I mean, Sony has this mandate that any game that comes out from July onward must be compatible uh, to run, you know, PS4 game, must be compatible to run on the PS5 system because the PS5 will be able to play, uh, you know, back games you'll be able to play the ps4 and other games so you know you have that fun situation and of course we're all sitting here going are they going to actually show ps5 gameplay before sony does the reveal don't think so
1: oh yeah right
4: so it, is it going to be running on an xbox mm, probably not because you run into that contractual thing so it's either going to be running on a PC or they're simply not going to say what it's running on, which is probably the most likely. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that all happening. And I just love it because it's it's all these news and rumors and we don't know what the hell's going on yet. But I know you're working really diligently on all of this.
4: <laughs> and we will know more next week. That's the beauty of yeah. it. At least we think we will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no matter when we find out, the best way to do so is to go to Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at sknr.net. Garrett, thanks, buddy. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicki, what's going on?
2: So I know like an episode or two or three or whatever ago, we <laughs> talked about how they're planning on doing another Labyrinth movie. Yes. Uh, well, apparently Labyrinth fans have been kind of riling together because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. All kinds of fans of anything. And they want Tilda Swinton to replace David Bowie as Jareth in Labyrinth 2. Oh, good
1: call.
2: She's fantastic. She's she's got that androgynous look, which Mm kind of was a David Bowie feature anyways.
1: Yeah, and she was... I feel like
2: she dressed up as him for something. Oh,
1: she was the Archangel Gabriel in Constantine, the Keanu one. And that was the first time I'd ever seen her. Uh, but she is such a, a, a great character actress. She was in Snowpiercer as the headmistress. And mm-hmm. uh, like she just takes up all of these roles and is just fantastic in all of them. Was she
3: in Doctor Strange, too? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, she she was... was the ancient one. Exactly. Yeah, she's so good. well. And there you go. I mean, that proves it right there because the ancient one was always a, if you will, male character. Mm-hmm. And she played that very well. And why not? Yeah.
2: Like and it's weird when you do see her in a role where she's all made up. You're like, wait, who is that? Who is that? Like, it, it's like uh, if you watch Trainwreck, I think that was that Amy Schumer movie. Movie, she was her boss. Oh, really? And she, you know, boss for like a magazine or whatever. So all of course, right. hair and makeup done. I'm like, who the hell? <gasps> I That's
1: for- Tilda. I forgot that she was in what we do in the shadows as well in the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was all one right. of the vampires in the. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they're all Hollywood actors that were vampires, so she basically played herself. So
2: I'm in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Oh, uh, she was in uh was it The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe? Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was the witch. Yeah. Uh but I feel like she could do it. Like it reminds me of the first season of American Gods when we did see uh Gillian Anderson. Yeah. You know, dress up as him, but I f- as well as she did, I feel like I don't know if she could play it straight like the entire time. Like if it w- if it would come off too cheesy, mm-hmm. you know? Cuz she was playing David Bowie. She wasn't playing David Bowie as, you know, the the as Jareth, sorry. <laughs> you got it. I almost called him something else. Anywho. <laughs> but I think that would be a fine replacement. Um, I know a lot of people aren't really fan of any kind of sequel to like legendary movies like that, but if they're going to do it, it might as well be good. And
1: here's another interesting little tidbit about Tilda and David Bowie. Uh, there was a song called The Stars Are Out Tonight, mm-hmm. which was a David Bowie song, and she played David Bowie's wife in the music video. Yes. So I think- They I,
2: look like a cute 50s couple.
1: Yeah. I think this is something that would totally happen.
2: Um, the other piece of information that I need to tell you guys because I am losing my crap. All Mm.
0: right.
2: So we may or may not be getting Daredevil back. What?
0: Wait, 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 Wait,
1: what? And we're talking Charlie Cox, right? Yes. All right. I really like him.
2: She said, or may not. Well, (laughs) well, like it's it's still kind of up in the air. So listen to that part. It is apparently eighteen months since they canceled Daredevil. I can't believe it's been that long. But in six months, Marvel will regain the rights back from Netflix to Daredevil.
3: Well, of course they have to do it. They've got Disney Plus. Come on.
1: Yeah, right. right. Wait, so if it's on Disney Plus, does that mean that it can't be as graphic as it was? Because it was a pretty intense show.
2: I'm sure they're going to have to go Uh, do something like do like, you know how Netflix has your regular Netflix and then kids?
1: mm, I don't know if you've ever noticed. You can have like a
2: kid profile and it only lets them have kid friendly stuff. I wonder if they do the opposite where it's like you know, Disney adults re- or they can just put it on Hulu. And that was Disney th- owns yeah. Hulu. Oh, and that
1: was the oh, thing that was smart. I was thinking that's I thought I remembered hearing something that they were going to put some of the more um I don't want to say risque, but more the adult like Star Wars stuff mm-hmm. on Hulu. But then I haven't heard anything recently about that. But I mean that would be that would make the most sense to me.
2: Right, and uh, I know there's been talks about possibly bringing Daredevil into the MCU, but Charlie C- Cox has already said, like, okay, well, if they are, that's not me. Have it, that's it. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything, sorry, not me, which, I mean, if they could wait a little while, six more months at least, and Come then on, start guys. filming Come on, bring back. another Spider-Man movie and have uh, Daredevil defend him and have Charlie Cox be Daredevil, but that also opens the door to like The Punisher, which was, I think uh, he wouldn't be up for... Coming back to Marvel, I think until 2021.
1: Oh, yeah, just because of the rights and Mm -hmm. how long it takes since Daredevil's the first one. With the COVID thing going on, they're not filming anyways, so that might end up happening. They're just saying, be patient. I love that. That's a good thing to go in that.
2: And I hope we also get Jessica Jones back and Jessica! Iron Fist, I, I could do without.
1: Well, no, no, we can have Luke Cage and we just have his sidekick, Iron Fist. Like, I think we'll be okay. Yeah,
2: the last season of Luke Cage was okay. Yeah. So just put them together, just Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and or let's just have them in the Defenders. We don't, they don't need their own there seasons. Go. Yep, yep, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy.